Hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to, to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Okay, here we go, MEMSPA crew, Community of Principles podcast. We are back at it again. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin, and we have a great guest with us today. Um, I'll be introducing him in just a moment. But um, as most of you know, I start off with a little bit of a soapbox. And so right now is that dog day of winter type of feeling where it's getting cold outside, it's still dark, it's dreary, and it kind of can feel a little bit like Groundhog Day. And oh, by the way, Groundhog Day is coming up too. Here's the thing. You know, I've had several conversations with a lot of leaders around the country, and right now is a pivotal time to be looking for small victories. Focus on those day-to-day small victories because sometimes when we look big picture, we can feel a little bit downtrodden, a little bit defeated. But if you look for those day-to-day small victories, could be a note to a parent, could be could be a high five to a student, could be a great conversation with a staff member. Those day-to-day little interactions can make a huge difference. So that is my shout out for today. And without any further ado, Mark Morowski is with us. And Mark is Mark and I have been good friends for several years. We happen to see each other almost every single year at MEMSPA. And I'm excited to have you on. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me, Ben. Glad to be here. Okay, Mark. So you know the format. Eight questions, eight minutes. going to be quick, hard-hitting. And, you know, we both are principals, so we've got a lot on our plate. So you ready to get to this? Ready to go. Okay, here we go. Question number one, how did you get to your current spot? Uh, currently, I'm a principal at Birmingham Covington School. It's part of Birmingham Public Schools. We're a school of choice in the, in the Birmingham Public Schools. A true lottery where you just have to le- live in the Birmingham Public Schools uh, attendance area, and you can put your name in the lottery starting at for third grade, and we go third through eighth grade. And the, the way I ended up here, I had been a principal in the Farmington Public Schools, Love the district, um, loved my experience there. I had been there for 13 years, two different schools. And I was looking, you know, kind of, I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis, but a midlife, uh, what, what next? And so I looked uh, potentially going international schools. I really looked broadly at what might be a great, uh, exciting next step to sort of advance my skill set as a leader. And uh, this role at Birmingham Covington School, which is a STEM based um, technology, science, multi-age, really unique school that I put my hat in the ring and and got the position and it kept me local. The school has sort of an international baccalaureate feel, even though it's not an IB school. So I just looked at it and saying, what an opportunity for me to grow my skill set. And and I've been here um, since 2013, middle of the year. And I haven't looked back since, just love it every day. Such a great challenge, such great opportunities, and you know how you led. Looking at the small victories, just there's there's just small victories to be grateful for every day here, and and, and I look forward to coming to work and and still keeping the steam after six years. I really really like that because Mark, I think a lot of things that you just shared, I think other people deal with. Sometimes we are content and happy in our current role, but we do know that maybe a new role would be a shot in the arm, so to speak. And so, you know, question number two, to kind of follow up from question number one, there had to be some anxiety with putting yourself out there and and trying something new. What was a hurdle that you had to get over to kind of put yourself out there? Well, the comfort of being in one district for 18 years, six as a teacher, and then 
six and seven at two different schools as a principal and going to a whole new district. So you spend 18 years in a district and you really invest in the community and you've built um, relationships over near two decades and the risk of leaving that those comfortable relationships and people who knew me and how I led and, and, and building that trust over that time, I had to rebuild that to some degree. I mean, your reputation follows you no matter where you go for better or worse. Um, the world of education is a small community, even though it's a big world. So obviously people knew about me, but I had to sort of recommit to building that trust and, and, and who I was as a leader in a new community. So that was, that's a big risk. It is. It is. And and so I applaud you for doing that. Well, not a lot of people would. So, you know, but you realize, you know, stepping out of that comfort zone, trying something new can, uh, you know, and you're really a poster child for this that, um, you know, six years later, there's no looking back and you've really, you sound and, you know, every time you and I talk, you have that spark in your eye, like, uh, like there's no looking back. You, you're happy right. with the decision you made. For sure. Okay. Okay. So let's go. Question three. Question three, what are two things that most people wouldn't know about Mark? Well, I'm going to go sort of step outside the education arena here. One is a lot of people, probably most people don't know that I didn't start in education. I was in marketing uh, in the private sector for consumer products marketing firm for four years. And uh, the last two of which I was really not, I was looking at my future, not being incredibly happy with where I was headed in, in, in terms of the vision and mission of what I was wanted to be and the difference I wanted to make. And so I went back to school and worked full time and, and, and went back to school to get my master's in the arts of teaching. So that's one thing. And the other one is, is um, people may know that I, I, I love to run. I'm running a little less now that I'm getting a little older, but uh, that most people don't know that I have actually run and completed four Boston marathons, which is um, something that I, of which I'm very proud including the one where the bombing occurred and then the year after I ran it just on principle alone that we're going to not, you know, the Boston Marathon will come back bigger and stronger despite what happened that, that year in 2000. I think it was, was it 13? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Mark, yeah. I had no, and I've known you for years. I had no yeah. idea. Now yeah. here's the thing. I mean, most people, you know, I love to run. I'm actually running a spring marathon myself. I've never run Boston. So number one, I'm applauding you. You've qualified and you've run Boston four times. But, you know, I just, I didn't know some of these things about you. This yeah. is this is fantastic. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, let's go. We got uh, next question. Best advice you've ever received? I would say by the first superintendent who hired me, Bob Maxfield in Farmington, I was pretty young. I was a six years into teaching and he hired me as a principal. And I was nervous about two things. Like I was nervous that I really work hard to presume positive intent in any situation, which I, I like that in myself. I think that's an important skill. It helps me keep me going and look, looking at things from an opportunity rather than, than something negative or a problem or an issue that's in the way. And the other thing is I'm not really like, I think there's lots of shades of gray in terms of rules and, and how we approach things. Not every problem can be handled. You know, this step one, step two, they're not all recipes. They're very nuanced, you know, problems are. And so the two best advice he ever gave me was never lose your idealism, that sort of presuming positive intent, and never lose your comfort with ambiguity. Those two things that I actually would give to new principles as well is be idealistic, look at the best of the world and be comfortable with ambiguity. Wow, that's deep. I love it. That is really great. 
obviously that was years ago and that has really stuck with you. And and so that's, you know, and to me, when we think about best advice we've ever received, it is something that's going to stick. And clearly that has stuck with you. So that's that's fantastic. Okay. So now we got to get, we got uh, basically three questions. We got just a few minutes left. First one is, Think and you don't necessarily have to fix this, but what is a what is an issue in current education that if you could fix, you would want to fix? I think the the high stakes standardized testing. You know, teaching and learning is so much more than than a, a content driven test score. And I would love to be able to look at, at a holistic approach to you know whether it's portfolio based or some sort of different way. Just the, the, real, the way the real world goes. The way people are getting jobs today are not through a test, but it's through a portfolio development process. And and so wouldn't that be a great way to um, lead education into the future? You know, absolutely would. And, and you know, kind of go right off of that. Here's kind of a piggyback question to it. Do you feel, because, you know, you mentioned early on that um, you've got a high number of uh, schools of choice parents and families do you feel like they are drawn to your school because of the test score or is it just an afterthought? I mean, why, why are parents choosing certain districts? Yeah, I think some of it is um, the test scores, but uh, I also think we're pretty clear on our vision and our philosophy of what we do really well and, and also what we don't do. There, you know, there's, here's some give ups that if you choose to come here, but here's what you're going to get too. Cause you know, no school is perfect. And, and sometimes I think the biggest challenge for us, us as schools today is that we're trying to do everything. And in the case of doing everything, it's like what Margaret Wheatley said, if you, if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. And then yep. doing everything, you can't do anything. You're doing everything okay, but not maybe not everything well. So having a clear focus that, 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 that our school has really helps us do some of those core values, things that were, that are most important to us. We it helps us do those really well. Yeah, very. Then that's well stated. I I completely agree. Okay, we got two to go. Yeah. Uh, first one. First one. Let's keep kind. Of, let's kind of get back a little light a little bit. So let's say let's say you and I are going to go out. Uh, we're going to grab dinner or something like that. What are you picking as your go to meal of choice? Yeah, it's, depending on where you're going, it's going to be like probably a steak, potato, or a burger, fries kind of thing. If I'm going to really be gluttonous. <laughs> Yes. And you from a runner, you just realize <laughs> right. you're you're probably going to run it off later, right? Run to eat, right? <laughs> yes. That's, I completely agree. So I will say, so you mentioned steak and you mentioned burgers. You know, how do you get your steak and burgers done? Medium rare. Ooh, okay. Medium rare guy. Like, like the red. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Mark, last question. And i um, very curious to see where you go with this. Somebody saw you as a leader before maybe you even saw that those qualities in yourself who was that person and if you had if you had 60 seconds what would you say to that person now well i would say uh, the person is is the gentleman i mentioned before that my first superintendent bob maxfield who who entrusted me to lead a school and i didn't have a clue what a i think i thought i knew what a principal did and i you know but you know in terms of leading a school i was green um i was 6 years into teaching i took some teacher leadership roles but what I would say to him is thank you for trusting me as a, you know, as a whatever 30 year old or whatever I was at the time to lead a school and entrust me to, you know, you saw in me that I could be, I could be successful at it. And he was right. And I, I, you know, he, he thought more positively about his thinking of my ability than I did at the time. And so I, I would just tell him, thank you for, for giving me this opportunity and, 
a nearly 20 years leading schools, I struggle to this day. People ask, why aren't you in central office or superintendent? I'm like, I, I just love what we do in schools. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And it's so critical. And for those of you listening and you just heard what uh, what Mark had to say about about Bob and about his push to Mark to get into leadership, you know, as you listen to this, are you also nudging some people that you work with? Are you the person that is, are you the Bob? Are you the Bob nudging others to, to look into being a principal, assistant principal, central office, whatever it might happen to be? Because I think that is so critical. Someone saw leadership qualities in us before we saw them in ourselves. And just like what Mark stated, Bob saw it in him. I think this is a great chance to be a Bob. So thank great you again, point. Mark. Great point, uh, Ben, for sure. So I, you know, I, I just want to say thanks for coming on. We, I really enjoyed having you on here. Um, there's a lot that we can learn from each other. And like I said, you know, you and I have crossed paths many times and we always make a point of uh, seeking each other out at MEMSPA. It was great seeing you again this year. And, um, and let's just stay in contact. I mean, right for now, sure. it, this, is, this is so critical that all of us continue to collaborate and, and connect with each other because that's what leaders do. So thanks, Mark. Thanks for your inspiration, Ben. Well done. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.